When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is an Ian special report. Now reporting. Former 24-7 champion, Peter Rosenberg. Ian's at six. When the clock struck six, it meant one thing. Bear, I'm doing a show. Turkey, ducky, turkey, ducky. That's great. Now, from the ESPN New York News Desk, here's Rosenbaum or whatever that guy's name is. One of your show is number one. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to ENN. On TV. Ray Rowe. Right, sure. By Slomans. I'd like to start off by saying good evening to Michael. 813-800-POOP. I, I don't know the context that, of that, what that was. Of course you do. Yeah, because he was talking That's about the party outside the Tropicana Field. You know, great show. You should try to archive the, something the name in your brain. Of the, the, the name of the porta potty was Duty Calls, and that was the number that you eight one three eight hundred poop. Didn't make that. <laughs> Actually, up. you know what? Number. To de- to defend Peter, he might have been off that day. I think I was because you know, I, I good I, chance of it lately. <laughs> I just can't. I just can't. You want to talk? I know fraud, you can't. You can't. You won't. <laughs> Want everyone oh. to remember this, like mid July. Yeah, <laughs> around mid July. You want to come back? See if Michael's got the stamina to stay on till seven today. Oh, I've got it. You sticking around? Of course. Oh, yeah. uh, Apple TV. You got nothing game. to do. No. Oh yeah, big got Apple TV. TV. Are you going to watch the game? Of course. How? The, I'll watch it on my uh, my iPad. Okay. Well, and, then, and then I have the Ranger off. game on my big break. TV. I yeah, you know what? Tomorrow. Tell him to go just scratch. Not, just take a break. I've got the game tomorrow. I've got to know what happens in the game tonight. Well, You've got to watch the Rangers that, tonight, too. But I don't have a show about the Rangers tomorrow. I'm going to watch the Rangers, no. too, for my enjoyment. But the Yankees, it's prep work for the broadcast. Let me start off by saying good evening to Don. I just got a text from Jose Okindo. <laughs> good, good evening to myself. Everything's clicking when Hicks is hitting. I like. I still like that. Why didn't you bring it up to Aaron? I don't Everything's clicking when Hicks is hitting. Yeah, I think it works. If you say clicking when Hicks is hitting, then then it works. No, you're, it you're, only you're, work it, if there was a C and a K in the hitting. You're being literal. So you'd say it's only work if you said everything's clicking when Hicks has chicken. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that's the only way it works. Wait, it, there's there's ways to work better, but it still works. You just upset yeah, you're being, you didn't think you're being it, incredibly so. judgmental. But what else is new? It's kind of his living. A couple of you have a things. guy sitting next to you, well, in another state, who decides whether or not somebody's a fraud, and I'm judgmental. Yeah, well, we're, I, I, but I'm well. That's I'm the thing. Not, not I don't say that. it negatively. I mean, it's you. You make a living. We're all judgmental. All we do is critique. That's what sports radio is. That guy's got to do better. That guy's great. This team's in trouble. I got a couple of interesting tweets about 
Don okay. and, his, and his and his whether or not he should be sitting as the arbiter of fraudulence. And someone made the point that the job doesn't make Don a fraud, but that the, according to this listener, they can tell that he's now a fan of the team, and that's where he becomes a fraud. Well, I'm just saying what they're saying. Uh, another Devils fan. Uh, with, this is a Devils logo person who has one follower, so they sound credible, wrote, loving the chickens coming home to roost over at Fraud Central. Wow. No, because people just don't get it. And and, and, I, and I've used this uh, an analogy, and people jump me for it. So let's say uh, let's say I was a professional baseball player, and I, want, and I grew up a Met fan, and I get drafted by the Yankees to play for the Yankees. Does that make me a fraud? I made a commitment that I, my baseball life was more important than my fan life. Does that make me a fraud? So am I supposed to only play for the Mets if I was a professional baseball player? I wanted to be a hockey announcer. Rangers offered me a job. I'm supposed to say no? Jets offered me a job to do pre and post for 16 years. Was I supposed to say no to it because I'm a Giant fan? If that See, if that's the level of fan and that makes me a fraud, then I'm a fraud with a capital F. But if I'm just talking about fans jumping ship, then why can't I be the arbiter of that? People ask me. You are well, allowed, my friend. As and also, long as I'm on the I'm surf, a, you're allowed. And here's the thing. like, uh, uh, Yeah, I root for the Rangers because it's good for me as an announcer, and I want them to do well. I know the players, and I work for the team, basically. I get paid by MSG, so I want them to do well. Why wouldn't I want them to do well? I have a huge well? question. And, but wait, 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 let, me, let me finish, though, I'm quick. Sorry. Let me finish quick. But am I walking around like the Willowbrook Mall wearing a Ranger jersey? But here's the question. Here's my question. This could swing everything. Peter, I want you to be the arbiter on this. All right. Let's say the Rangers win seven more games and they win the Stanley Cup. And Don did more than half the games on the radio. And they decide to give Don a Stanley Cup champion ring. Ooh. Don, would you wear the ring? Oh. I wouldn't. Wow. Let's let's slow down. Take your time here. (laughs) Take your time, Donald. This is big. I would probably wear it out on special occasions. Excellent answer. But I wouldn't have it on all the time? No. because But but it wouldn't be because of my fandom. It would be because I'd, I'd feel funny because I didn't win the cup. I didn't play. But if they're I nice enough fu- to give it to me, I'd be proud to have it because I, I do I, feel like I'm a part of what's going on. I don't wear the Yankee rings. And I grew up a Yankee fan, as you know. And I got four of the rings. Five, I, didn't, I guess I didn't have a good year in 2000. But right. I, did, I do have four of the five rings. And I never wear them. Because I feel funny because I... I think the players deserve to wear them. But then somebody I respect immensely, Marv Albert, always wears his championship Nick rings. Now, but but my point, Michael, is if I'm a fan, would I be walking around Willowbrook Mall with a Ranger jersey? Would I get a Ranger tattoo if they won the cup? No, because I'm not a fan in that way. So I really, I don't, it's apples and oranges to me, Michael. I, I don't even see why this is a thing. Again, the only argument that I'm saying is compelling is not that you are a fraud. It's that is it enough to not allow you to be the arbiter of fraud? That's the only thing arguable here. Well, first of all, it's a fun segment on the radio. And I'm still the arbiter from a fan standpoint. But like I said, if somebody asked me, hey, I've always wanted to do hockey play-by-play. I grew up a Devil fan. Rangers offered me a job. My fraud to take it. My answer would be no. But if if you guys want me to stop and not have it a thing anymore – then you know what? We'll move on. We've got other things in our arsenal. I don't. I don't need to. That, that's not my only thing. Well, I, I, I love it. Don't you dare stop. 
Michael, but, can you explain but, but for why? For Dave not to get it and for Rick not to defend me, I'm no. sickened by it. And yeah. for him to actually think that I picked the Rangers in six because I'm a super fan? What an idiot. It's not what you want to see. Idiotic, idiotic opinion by him. And it's disrespectful. He knows wow. he knows what I'm about. So there's there's fun, goofy radio, but I, I heard that. He's sick of it. I'm sick of him. You know what he's lapsing into, Don, which bothers me? Mm-hmm. Say anything, do anything for a radio show. All right. You know, there's a lot of that going around right now. I know. And that's that's fine. Dan Orlovsky's food takes. I mean, it's the same thing. It's but there's, you know, there's a lot of people to go after if you want to. But to go go after me when I'm – guess what? I, I'm doing everything the right way, Dave. Take doing God's work. Take and note. You, and you call him the pound-for-pound pound best. Well, because I'm not going to take away how I feel about him to change my opinion. Because as I, I just mentioned, I don't have to be a fan to have an opinion. I think he's fabulous at what he does. But he's a garbage human being. But to, just to, to think that I, that I dumb it down on the radio and just make my selections, I guess that's what he does. So why do I have to take any of his picks? Yeah, why would we ever listen to him pick a giant game? We, I mean, by the way, Yankees have just made a trade. No kidding. They've acquired infielder, outfielder Jake Bowers from the Reds in exchange for cash considerations. And what does Jake Bowers do for a living? Infielder, outfielder. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? He also works at a movie theater, though, Don. All right, let's uh, let's. If you missed the program earlier, um, we had Mark Messier on to talk, of course, about the New York Rangers, who you can listen to right here at 8 p.m. tonight on 98.7, of course. Donnie Puck's getting you ready starting at 7 o'clock. But let's hear from Mark on what it's like playing at MSG. Well, it's an intimidating place to play. Um, you know, you know, we obviously loved playing at home when I was with the Rangers. Uh, it was, uh, you know, uh, we always felt it was an advantage playing at home um, from the time that you walked into the building to that and you could, it was tangible, the, the energy, the atmosphere. Um, and there's no question it's a home ice advantage. And of course, you have to go out and play well and use it to your home ice advantage. You got to keep the crowd in the game. If you did not hear the interview with Mark, make sure you go find the podcast wherever you find podcasts. Just look up the Michael K. Show All right. and listen to that interview with Mark. And he picked the Rangers in seven, I guess, because he played for them. Ooh, that's what Dave Rothenberg would say. I'm surprised at Dave. You sickened? Oh, I've I've long been sickened. Now I'm surprised. Yeah, he really he hurt my feelings. I can tell. I'll get over it. But you well, why don't you it. take the pound for pound thing away? No, because I'm not going to play that. Do that. Yeah. But he's not the pound for pound best host. They're better. They're better on the station. But that's not there's, how Don feels. There's three better on the show. Wow. See, that's that's a teammate right now. I love that. At least in this moment. Um, speaking of teammates, you know, sometimes you got to get by with a little help from your friends. And that is exactly what Jason Tatum needed last night for the Celtics to win game one of the NBA Finals, 120-108 to over the Warriors. Let's hear from Jay Williams on just how epic Jason Tatum's friend Jalen Brown was last night. Jalen Brown had the best game of his young NBA career last night. Now, you'll look at the stat line and you'll say, well, Jay, he only had 24 points, seven rebounds, five assists. But in the fourth quarter, at the beginning of the fourth quarter, there is a little bit of a different mentality that he has. He scored or assisted on 20 of the Celtics' first 23 points of the fourth quarter. And he allowed 
the other ancillary players to step up in those big moments, but they will never be in those moments if Jalen Brown doesn't go on that burst. And he is a difference maker in this game, in a game in which Jason Tatum was not his usual offensive self. The impact of Jalen Brown in the fourth quarter was the main culprit in which why the Golden State Warriors had that epic collapse. Now, specifically, with about, uh, let's see, early in the fourth, down 10, Brown hit a three to cut it to seven. Almost immediately thereafter, he had an alley-oop to Robert Williams to cut it, I believe, at that point to three. And then moments later, they'd gotten down five. Jalen then hit another three to cut it to two. He just really looked like the second half of that two-headed monster that mm. they're supposed to be, like that people like myself believe they'd become a, a real high-level team because of Tatum and Brown. Yesterday, he really was every bit of that. Let's hear you from know Draymond what got me Green. Too, one thing that got me, Peter, is yeah. that the Golden State looks so lost in that fourth quarter. Lost. Well, well can I tell you, though, Michael, like, they did, but I really, I really think it's like, it's almost like, the Celtics pushed the turbo button on the controller. I think in the you're right. Quarter. I think they were tired, and and Doris Burke uh, brought this up on the radio. There was one possession that the uh, the Warriors had, and they had fallen behind at this point, but not it wasn't insurmountable. Four guys had open looks. Each one of them passed. Oh, the ball. I saw it. I remember that so well. They kept giving it up. They didn't want to and shoot the ball. They, I mean, I don't know if they were choking up or whatever, but they were awful. They were struggling. To, to, to get open looks in the first place, Steph, who had, of course, crushed in the first half, in the first quarter, um, wasn't able to get good looks. And then when he got them, wasn't making them. And then for the Celtics, everyone hit. Marcus yes. Smart was hitting. Jalen Brown was hitting. Al Horford was hitting. Devin White was hitting. Everyone but Tatum, essentially. I think they were 8 of 9 from 3. It was, they couldn't it miss was, a shot. Horford at 26-6, and six, legitimately the one of the best quarters I've ever seen in basketball that fourth quarter last night. Let's hear from Draymond, who says he's not worried. They hit 21 threes, and Marcus Smart, Al Horford, and Derek White combined for 15 of them. So, those guys are good shooters, but they combined for, what, 15 out of 8, where's Smart? 7, 8, 15 for 23. My math right? Eight, seven, and eight. Eight, seven, and eight. Yeah, that's 23, right? Yeah. 15 for 23 from those guys. Eh, you know, so be fine. You're not going to be fine if you don't score. I mean, they were awful in that fourth quarter. They got outscored by 24 what? points. It's the biggest well, it, differential in a <clears throat> quarter in NBA Finals history. And also, Michael, the, the fact of the matter is they got out-hustled in that fourth quarter, too. They were outscored 17 nothing in a, in a in a finals game. In the it fourth was quarter. It was 103-100. You blinked, and it was 117-103. Also, can I say one thing about that comment Please. from Draymond that I think is so ridiculous? So he's basically playing the odds, saying that those guys, they're not going to do that again. We'll be fine. Is Jason Tatum going to go 3 for 17 again? Good point. Jason Tatum, by the way, hideous sport coat walking into the arena. And look, at, and maybe it affected him. Could have. But if uh, it is the rest versus rust thing, well, then they get the benefit of not playing game two until Sunday. But I don't get that. What, what does that mean? So you're say, you said that earlier, and I was, I'm, I'm too dumb to understand. If it's rest versus rust, why is there a benefit at this point for Golden State not playing till Sunday? Well, because if they didn't have the legs in the fourth quarter, 
because, because they have because of rust. Because of rust, well, then now they can kick it off because they'll have a little bit, maybe a short turnaround would still be an issue for them, but not having to play until Sunday kind of evens things up. A I know, but bit. I'm looking at the opposite. It's hey. almost like you're saying the problem was rust, but now they'll have more rust because they have a longer wait than usual again. They don't get to turn right well, that's back why around. It's, but see, see, that's why, Peter, rest versus rust is versus because you could also make the case that it should have benefited them in a long season to have that time off. So I don't know. You you make a very good point. So I guess the rest aspect of it, they blew their opportunity to take advantage of it, and now it's going to be uh, – and if it's a rust situation, well, then there should be even more on Sunday. Like So it really depends on whether you think it's a thing or not. Let's hear from Steve Kerr on what exactly went wrong in the fourth quarter. Well, give them credit. I mean, they made 21 threes. You know, they were moving the ball really well, and uh, they they had us on our heels. They made a, a good push, you know, to start the fourth, and they kept that momentum going. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough to beat Boston if if they're making 21 threes and they're getting you know a combined 11 from you know Horford and White. You know, the, those guys. Um, Give them credit. They knocked down every big shot in the fourth quarter. They Boston was uh, just played a brilliant quarter, and they, they came in and earned the win. Well, can you help me out here? This is not a three-point shooting contest. You can defend the three. I know. I'm a little frustrated. i got to tell you, even from Kerr, I understand the Celtics played. It was, it was They played a sick level of basketball. But it's almost like they're saying, like, well, I mean, we shouldn't really worry about it. They just made so many shots. Well, it's a little weak. Yeah, but you can contest those shots. And and for the record, it, I will tell you right now, yes, they made their shots, but that really wasn't it. It was the – they out-hustled them that entire quarter. It was – that's why I felt like – Andrew, do you appreciate the reference of it felt like the whole quarter the, the turbo button was being held down? It was like both sides of the ball were frenetic. Yeah, definitely. And it, I think Golden State, I wonder if they're like particularly annoyed with that loss because Boston kind of did to them what they do to everyone else. Like that run in the fourth quarter, how many times has Golden State done that oh to another God. team where you blink your eyes and a game goes from like them down four to them up 22? And Boston did the same thing to them and they couldn't figure out a way to stop it. It was special. Good point, Andrew. Hey, you got to feel really good about your team right now, regardless. I do. I do. I feel really good about this team. And if they somehow win on Sunday, I mean, then you start feeling really good. Well, because now that's two wins on the road. I mean, that's... I mean, you start you start, start dreaming. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. By the way, guys, it's not what you want. The Phillies have fired manager Joe Girardi. 22 and 29 start was enough. And here's Buster Olney on Barton Hahn earlier talking about whether or not the firing was a surprise. There is surprise because if you actually, you know, you look at the team they put together this year, um, you know, from the days that they signed uh, Nicholas Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber, you looked at the roster and go, wow, 
they were defensively challenged before, and now they could be really bad defensively. <laughs> and you knew they were going to be historically bad defensively. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Bryce Harper has an issue with his elbow, which means that he can't play right field anymore, which means that you have to flank the center fielder with Cassianos and Schwarber. Uh, it, it Right from the get-go, you're like, that's not going to work. And so they get off to a terrible start, and lo and behold, their defense is terrible. I still think he's a good manager, guys. Yeah, I, I'm going to tell you what. I've been thinking about this. Go ahead. In, is this, in this day and age in baseball, I think he's a very smart baseball man. But it's almost imperative that you have an ooey-gooey close relationship with your players. This guy has a Sergeant Carter haircut. He is such a disciplinarian type. I, maybe he's not fit for this time in baseball. Maybe he would have been better 30 years ago. I, I mean, that's what drove him out with the Yankees. He, well, didn't, have, he, he didn't have any kind of relationship, they thought, and couldn't um, really appeal to the players on their level, the things they liked, the music they liked. I mean, Buck is talking about Shakira and Drake. Do you really think that Joe Jordan has any idea who Buck, uh, uh, who Shakira and Drake is? Well, but even if he doesn't, like the reason Buck does, and he he told us he, he wants he to know wa- what his players wants, are into. He wants to know, and and maybe Joe just has that old mentality of, hey, I don't need to know. It's my way or the highway. This is the way it works. And hey, once upon a time it did. You know, the Yankees were able to win the World Series in two thousand and nine. But you know, that was even two thousand and nine. Michael, it's as far as the mentality goes, it's it's a different world. Let me let me tell let me bring Andrew in just to make him feel pretty good here. Andrew, there were three people that it came down to for the Phillies to, to hire as a manager a couple oh, of years ago. Here we go. Joe Girardi, Dusty Baker, and Buck Showalter. Mm-hmm. Uh from what I heard, Andy McPhail really was pushing for Buck. The whole front office loved Dusty. He blew them away in the interview. But John Middleton, the owner of the team, he had to have him some Girardi. No. How do you feel about that, Andrew? It hurts, obviously. Um, I don't know that things would be that much different with a different manager. Like, can you get guys to play better defense just based on your managerial ability? Um, Their bullpen has been terrible before Girardi. It was terrible with him. So I I don't know if these are – I believe that this firing, though, Andrew, is to save Dombrowski's backside. Takes all the, the heat off. He's the guy who signed terrible well, defenders. Well, it's the thing. He's the guy who signed these bullpen guys. But but eventually, it'll come down to him losing his job, too, because the next manager is going to go through the same stuff. And as far as Andrew feeling bad because they could have had Dusty Baker or Buck Showalter, at the time, Joe was the only one with a ring. Dusty's never won as a manager, and neither is Buck. So looking back at it, was it that awful a choice for Joe Girardi to be the manager? wasn't like he was nobody and listen i'm the biggest dusty fan there is on this show i i i feel terrible he doesn't have a ring but he consistently makes the playoffs every year and and, and look what what buck has done with the mets but at that time andrew joe was the only one with a ring was it that awful a choice i mean listen it, uh, hindsight's 2020 it was the, the, peter the last game he managed was game seven of the american league championship series no it made sense I don't think no one. No one said boo. You know, well, it wasn't like oh, you had a choice between uh, Buck Showalter, uh, Dusty Baker, and Joe Slobotnik. 
No, Jabroni Pumple Duck. But I, people, th- I, I said this a couple weeks ago. People that are baseball kept passing on Buck Showalter. They didn't see what they had there. That's their that's their bad. Well, because but they I understand just what you're assumed, saying. Well, here's here's the laziness. They just assumed well, Buck is old school, so don't hire him because we we, we want a guy that's loosey goosey and is going to be friends with the players. So that means it's got to be a young guy. Well, no, Buck can make adjustments. That's why he's a great manager because he reads the room. And and Dusty, I I. You might know better than me, Michael, because you're around a lot of baseball people. I just think it's circumstances with Dusty. I mean, he's been he's he's led almost every team he's managed to the playoffs. It just sometimes it just doesn't work out. I think Dusty's a fabulous manager. Now, let's uh, close things out. Um, Do it. Rafa Nadal reaches the French Open final. Of course, he had that upset of Djokovic in the quarters and had the semifinal match with Alexander Zverev, who retired with an ankle injury. Um, This came after Rafa won the first set in a tiebreaker. The second set was on its way to a second tiebreaker, and Zverev uh, rolled his ankle, guys, in such a gnarly fashion. Oh, no. You, You almost don't understand how it doesn't happen all the time on that clay court at Roland Garros. But he had to retire a few minutes later, and Nadal will now have an opportunity to win another Grand Slam at 35 years old. That will do it for ENN. Thank you, Donald, and thank you, Michael. On this Friday, brought to you by Slowman's, call 1-800-ALARM-ME right now to receive a free doorbell camera with the installation of your Slowman Shield. Keep your family safe. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME. I have a quick story before we break, and we want to take phone calls uh, till the end. But Jim Cott, broadcasting for the Twins, Talking about Nestor Cortez and how great he's been, for some reason Jim called him Nestor the Molester. And he fell under a lot of heat. This is on the heels of Jim saying, you know, 40 acres and whatever Mm. last year. Um, And he reached out to apologize to Nestor Cortez. Nestor Cortez just tweeted this out. And you wish that more people in the world were like this. Hey, everybody. Jim Cott has spent an entire lifetime in this game we love. He reached out to me and apologized for his remark last night, but he didn't need to. We all make mistakes and feel 100% there was no malice intended. I plan on lifting him up with this tweet, and I hope others do too. No sweat here, Jim. Oh, that, was, that was nice of him. Well, Really that, could have roasted him. That's, that's, that's nice. And I, I, I mean, and remember, Nestor had a little bit of controversy earlier this season too with some old unearthed tweets right so and people I let him, him up and people let him up so he's giving it right back good for him yep absolutely good good job by him we'll come back take your phone calls 1-800-919-3776 legion to the weekend legion to the rangers legion to the yankees the mets the whole deal and the nba finals are going on as well kayla greco rosenberg and you on yes and 98.7 espn Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Hear more of Michael, Don, and Peter live weekday afternoon starting at 3 on 98.7 ESPN in New York. The ESPN app, the TuneIn app, or on your smart speaker. Hey Alexa, play 98.7 ESPN.